Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. day of July. We are fully in the uh, midst of the Independence Day weekend. This is the Cape League Roundup. I'm Chris Lynch, and it's not a great-looking morning right now. Rainy, and uh, we're not sure exactly how quickly the rain is going to blow through. Hopefully, we are able to get all the games in and uh, we're able to play them tonight. We've got all 10 of the teams in action across the uh, various spots in the league, and actually two of the three uh, teams without lights, so they start their games at 5 o'clock, are in action at home today. So that's very possibly going to be a bit annoying for trying to just get the field ready to go. So let's hope that this ends up working itself out cleanly so that we can actually play some baseball today. But we did play some baseball last night, and it was interesting to say the very least it was uh, it was good baseball across the uh, across the actions of uh, everything that went down last night so let's begin with uh, three teams not scoring a run in in uh, their games which you might think wait hold up wouldn't that mean that there were three shutouts well uh, technically yes there were three teams who didn't score runs but only Two shutouts. We'll deal with those quickly. Uh, first will be a game in which somebody won. That's the YD Red Sox winning again for nothing over the Orleans Firebirds. Who Orleans now sits at eight eight and two. That'll be important when we mention the standings in a moment. YD pretty clearly first place in the East Division, and they only gave two starters time, uh, two pitchers time on the hill. Uh, Bryce Robinson from Brigham Young. Six innings, four hits, two walks, three Ks, ate up a lot of innings. You're going to need, even in this league where people have really become obsessed with pitch count and inning count, you need guys occasionally who can just eat innings and guys who will just go through it for you. And Luke Jewett from Ladera Ranch, California, goes to UCLA, pitches the final three innings for a three-inning save, 4 nothing. the final, the way the offense uh, comes home. Hunter Haas hit, uh, got two hits. He got a double in this one. He scored a run. Uh, the starting at first base, Caden Connor, the right fielder, it turned into a right fielder from Cal State Fullerton, had a base hit, had a run scored, and drove in a run throughout the course of this game. And it's not like the pitching for Orleans was really that bad. They were fine. Their starter, Kyle Carr from San Diego, through the first four innings, he only gave up one run. He's tagged as the tough luck loser in this one, but he pitched fine. Four hit, four innings, three hits, a run it was earned, one walk and three Ks. Like This isn't a game that you hang on, uh, on your starter for not giving you anything. He definitely gave you something. The unfortunate thing is that YD's pitching was just a step up, so... That's tough. That's uh, tough for Orleans and tough for how that ends up working out. But YD is, you know, proven that they're really quite good again, which, of course, they are. They'll be competing for a championship again this year. And interestingly, this game took seven minutes shorter than the other game, which there were 
No runs scored at all. There were two teams who scored zero runs in the Brewster-Falmouth game, a scoreless tie, which is now the first tie on the season for the Whitecaps. They get eight hits throughout the course of this game and get nobody home. It's crazy. They got two doubles, one from uh, Atkinson, the catcher from, um, from Oklahoma State, one from Chase Atkinson, the catcher from Oklahoma State, and one from David Mendham, first baseman, also from Oklahoma State. They got two base hits from Trevor Warner, the uh, who played shortstop, and this one from Texas A&M. They got really good pitching throughout the course of this game. Zane Morehouse from Texas started. He threw the first four and two-thirds with uh, four hits and four Ks mixed in there. Ryan Yur from Oklahoma State. I'm told on good authority. That's how you pronounce this guy's name, spelled U-R-E, and told to me by one of his teammates. Uh, it's uh, like Yur, Y-O-U-R, or something like that. That's, that's what I was told anyway. Uh, he threw the middle innings of relief, three and a third with a hit and two Ks. He looked really good. And Grant Taylor threw the final inning of the game in which he gave up no hits, no walks, and struck out two. The Whitecaps pitching was quite excellent. The Falmouth pitching matched him blow for blow. Four guys took the bump for them. Chase Jeter, the starter from Sacred Heart, threw the first four, actually gave up more hits, three, than strikeouts, two. Garrett Coe from UConn threw the next two, um, with uh, with no runs coming across. Ryan Slater from Florida through the next two, and they brought on Joey Ryan from actually East Falmouth, Mass., so a local guy for the Commodores, uh, goes to BC. He threw the final inning of uh, the game for the Commodores, and remember, we're not doing extra innings in regular season play, so that game ends a 0-0 tie, and uh, I mean, Falmouth is continuing to have a bit of a tough season. They sit still in last place in the West. They're just one point back of Wareham, who we'll get to in a moment. They move up a point with the tie. Brewster gets a point out of this one as well. They're second in the East. They are one point ahead of the Orleans Firebirds. It's it's very tightly bunched between Orleans and Brewster, which you know, when you get down to the end of the regular season and you start negotiating for playoff spots and for uh, who gets home field, it is going to be if you won a game or if you tied a game or if you lost a game that you shouldn't have. You know, these very small things make a big amount of difference as we're heading into what will likely be the best attended regular season weekend, or at least I'd feel more confident saying that if there weren't so much rain and there weren't so many clouds overhead of us. So I just feel that that's kind of really, really unfortunate. Uh, anyway, so Brewster and Falmouth tie 0-0. Let's move on. All three of the remaining games are ones in which uh, both teams actually scored runs. And we'll move over to the other tie of the night, Katuit and Harwich. And with Harwich and Brewster both getting ties, every single team has had one game in which they've scored the same number of runs as the opponents. So we will not have anybody who goes the whole season without tying a game. So uh, if you were looking for that kind of interesting mark to be avoided, well darn, that's not happening. Uh, So 4-4 4-4 is the final in this game. Katuit trusts their starter, 
Uh, Tyler Bosma from Kentucky to throw the first five innings, and he's really good. Five hits, two runs, both earned two walks and four Ks, but he gives you five innings, which you badly, badly, badly need. Uh, they then trust four other pitchers to come on and give you the remaining innings. The best of them is Jackson Kelly from Mercer, who throws two, gives up three hits, two runs. He Neither of the runs that he gave up were earned. Katuit committed three errors in this game. The un, uncharacteristically terrible defense from Katuit that really botched up a what should have been another win for the Kettleers, but this one just, this one just, the defense decided to stink. And actually, of the uh, of the runs, only one of them was not on an RBI for Harwich. So, but uh, that's that's not really a good sign for uh, for you guys if you're uh, if you're committing three errors and you give up four runs. That's that's a really bad sign. Anyway, so um, doubles each for Cole and Ritter for the Kettleers, a home run for Harwich. They got the only four bagger in the game. Chris Newell from Virginia has two hits, one of them a homer. He drives in a run, he scores a run, and excuse me, he scores two runs, and it's a really good offensive day for him. The starter for Harwich, Sean Sullivan from Northwestern, originally from Andover, Mass., but goes out to Northwestern. Four innings, four hits, two runs, both earned. Uh, he walks three, he strikes out two. He's fine. He gives you uh, whatever he possibly can. Zane Probst from Seton Hall throws the next three and a third. Two runs given up, and uh, they close it out with Blake Purnell from Florida, who throws the final inning in two thirds, one hit, two Ks, uh, nothing there. So, you know, everybody had an opportunity to try and win this game. Uh, apparently, nobody wanted to, and so these teams just kind of walk away, each team getting a point. Uh, Harwich stays in third. They are five points behind Orleans for third for uh, uh, that third place spot. There, three points up on Chatham, who is sitting in last place, and also Chatham won 8-1 and one in their last 10 games. Uh, don't you worry, we're going to get to them in a little bit. Um, and they've lost four in a row. Harwich, they're 2-7-1. and one. They've had a really tough time of it the last couple of games. So, uh, in fact, now that I've mentioned them, let's move over to that Chatham team who is struggling so mightily. They lost again last night to the Bourne Braves 3-2, and they spaced their runs out a bit, Bourne did. One run in the first in which they uh, kind of manufactured a run. Elijah Nunez came home and scored on an RBI single by Jack Duffy. One run came home in the fourth that at the time made it 2 to nothing. Jack Duffy did the honor of scoring on this one. Evan Slight with the ground out that uh, allowed him to uh, to come on home. Then uh, two runs scored by Chatham in the bottom half of the fifth inning, which the offense finally woke up. Jake DeLeo from Georgia Tech hit a two-run home run to give them some real life. And then the death blow. One run comes home on an Evan Slight home run. Slight from Rutgers, from Framingham, Massachusetts. He blasts one. Uh, so that's how the scoring ends up working itself out. The uh, kind of unfortunate pitching loss goes to Cam Brown from Texas Christian. 
He throws two and two-thirds with three hits and a run given up with four strikeouts. Like, that's not terrible, but when the other side is doing way better, that's just not going to help you. Hunter Furtado throws the first five innings for Bourne from Alabama. Four hits and two runs, both of them coming home in the bottom half of uh, of that fifth inning. So leading right until he left. So when he left, it was tied. He can't be eligible for the win. It goes to Mason Pelio from Candia, New Hampshire, C-A-N-D-I-A. Yes, there is an actual place called Candia, New Hampshire, which uh, sounds like a kind of made-up place. But uh, no, it's uh, a little bit east of Manchester and Hookset. So that's uh, that's where uh, that's that's where that is. He goes to BC. He Pitches really well. Three innings, a hit, a walk, and four Ks. And the one-inning save, though not really a clean inning, goes to Justin Willis from UConn. This isn't that clean an inning. He throws he throws it. He gets all three outs. But he walks two, and Chatham really did have an opportunity to threaten, including an error uh, as well. So an error, a walk and uh, then a ground out, then an intentional walk. So one of them on purpose, then a fly out, and then, or excuse me, a, a pop-up really to the shortstop, and a fly out, end the inning. So it's not like Chatham didn't have a chance to win in this one late. They came back, just couldn't quite finish off the job, which, ouch. Uh, the early game, the uh, the last of the ones that we have to take a look at, Hyannis just continues to be the best story in the league for how well they've turned themselves around after the last couple of years. They beat the Wareham Gatemen 6-1, to and this one is on... Uh, until the sixth inning, this one was kind of close. Hyannis got one single run in the third and one single in the fifth, and then blew the gates off it in the sixth inning. A couple of runs come home on a Dominic Patelli single, Christian Moore and Rocco Pepe do the honors there. And then a Riku Nishida ground out to bring home Philip Matulia. That makes it, at the time, 5 to nothing. Each team gets one run in the top and bottom half of the eighth, respectively. And this goes in pretty handily in favor of the Hyannis Harborhawks. The win ends up going to the first guy in relief, Austin Strickland from Kentucky. Winchester, Ohio, he throws... The middle three innings gives up a hit, gives up uh, no walks, no runs, and one strikeout. Starter for this game did quite well. Mac D.L. Cotto, also a Kentucky guy, throws four innings, gives up two hits, walks one, and strikes out three. The loss ends up going to Wareham's starter, who wasn't that bad. Bobby Alcock from Lynn, Massachusetts. It's on the North Shore. Uh, he goes to Gardner-Webb down in North Carolina, and he was fine. Through three innings, gave up Two hits, a run, walked three, and struck out one. The game got out of hand against Jackson Fristo from Mississippi State. He threw three innings, gave up three hits, gave up four runs. All four of them earned. He walked three, he struck out three. The game got out of hand with him on the mound, and but by ruling on how the scoring has to work, the starter actually has to get the loss in that game. So that's tough. That's... Uh, that's really unfortunate for how it works out for Wareham, but Hyannis continues to be unbelievably impressive for how well they have uh, performed. Quick roundup on the standings in the East. Uh, the YD Red Sox in first place, 11-5-2. They are 
five points up on the Brewster Whitecaps, who are 9, 8, and 1, who in turn are just one point up on Orleans at 8, 8, and 2. And it really is just that one additional notch in the win column that is keeping the Whitecaps ahead of the Firebirds. And actually, the Red, uh, the uh, Whitecaps and Firebirds are going to play tonight, assuming that the rain gets cleared out and assuming that we are able to make that game happen then we should be able to see some uh, see some really good baseball between teams that you know are desperate to try and uh, jockey for some playoff position. So that'll be a fun game. Or Harwich is at 13 points. They are five back of the uh, third place spot at 6-11 and one, and they're three points up on Chatham at 4-12 and two. Out west, uh, Katuit is. 13-2-3. They remain the best team in the league, even with their most recent tie. They, um, they are 29 points on the season. They have been just astounding. Hyannis, really at this point, the second best team in the West and arguably the second best team in the whole league, possible argument being YD so far. 10-5-3, 23 points on the season, 7-1-2 in their last 10 games, and they've got the second best run differential. Uh, excuse me, they've got the third. This in the West, they have the second best run differential at plus 18. They uh, YD is plus 37. So uh, that's how that works itself out. Uh, Bourne is four points behind the Harbor Hawks at eight, seven, and three. Scott Landers in his first year at the helm has done a pretty good job. Wareham six, eleven, and one. They're struggling. They're three and seven in their last ten. They've actually lost their last three. And Falmouth. 5, 11, and 2, bringing up the rear with 12 points, the lowest point total in the West. Okay, so next up on the docket for the Cape League are the games being played today on Saturday, the 2nd, and everybody's in action. So going from chronologically from when these games are starting, we've got the 5 o'clock matchups, Hyannis and Ketuit. Ketaliers have their probable listed. It's Harrison Cohen from George Washington, who will be making his fourth start. He's pitched really quite well. With one exception, he only went two and a third innings, gave up three hits and two runs in that outing against Orleans. Otherwise, they've let him go for a win and a five-inning effort against Falmouth and threw four innings in a one-nothing win against the Whitecaps. So, uh, he's thrown pretty well. They're expecting more out of the man from G-Dubs. Hyannis doesn't have a probable listed. Uh, Red Wilson Field plays host to the YD Red Sox and the Wareham Gatemen. Wareham doesn't have a probable listed. YD does. It's Jared Lyons from George Mason, and he's pitched very well as well. He started two of the three games that he's appeared in, and he's gone six innings each of the last two times he has faced and has yet to give up a run. Not an earned run, a run. He's really turned into the ace of the YD Red Sox staff. So he's been just phenomenal. I would be a little bit surprised if they don't let him go a little bit in this one. 5.30 p.m. Harwich is moving their games up an hour or so for this weekend. Uh, Harwich will be hosting the Chatham Anglers. Cy Nielsen is the probable for Chatham, and he's been a big bright spot uh, for what's been a pretty tough season for Chatham from Brigham Young. He's thrown, he's gotten wins in each of his last two appearances. Uh, one basically in relief against the Wareham Gateman. He threw two and two thirds innings, struck out seven guys. He has 
uh, given up three uh, three total runs, two of them earned across his 11 innings of work. And last time out against Brewster, went five innings, struck out seven, gave up one run that was unearned. He's been a real bright spot, so they're hoping that they get more out of him against Harwich. Doesn't have a probable listed. Uh, Duran Park sees Falmouth throw Jerron Watts-Brown from Long Beach State, who will be making his fourth start, and he has yet to get a victory. He also has yet to get more than one run of offensive support. Has thrown three and a third, three and three and two-thirds innings. Has given up two runs, two runs, and three runs, and his team has not given him more than one in any of the games that he has pitched in, so he's hoping to get some more offensive support. Uh, He goes against Cade Grundy from Louisville, who'll be going for the Bravos, making his second start, his third appearance. He got a win in relief at Harwich, which he threw two clean innings, mostly clean innings. He did walk two, but he didn't give up a hit, and he struck out three guys. So that's how that matchup works out. And the late game, 6.30 p.m. at Eldridge Park. The Brewster Whitecaps and the Orleans Firebirds. One point separates these two teams, which currently Brewster would be hosting... Uh, the Firebirds for a uh, playoff series in round one, should the standings remain as they are right now. This uh, has the real opportunity to change that. Whitecaps will be throwing Joe Mancini from Boston College, who's been very good uh, in his outings for the most part. 192 ERA and three starts. Has gone five innings each of the last two times he's been on the hill. Against Chatham, he threw five. He gave up two hits, no runs. He struck out seven. And against Bourne, he went five innings, gave up two hits and a run. He struck out two, and he's 1-0, so he's looking to try and uh, settle things back down for the Whitecaps, who hope to get some more offense. The Firebirds will throw Donye Evans from Vanderbilt, and that is how you say his name, Donye, as though he's Kanye. Uh, he is from Vanderbilt. He'll be making his third start. He hasn't gone longer than four innings. He's gone three innings against Harwich and four against Ketuit. Actually, it was part of a 0-0 game between the uh, Firebirds and Kettleers. Has thrown three strikeouts each time he's been on the hill. He's done a good job, but they haven't really let him test out his uh, stamina to see how many innings he really can go, which has kind of been the MO for Orleans handling pretty much all of their pitchers so far this season. Those are your games. We hope that the rain doesn't keep us too far away from baseball today. I'm Chris Lynch with the Cape League Roundup. We hope you enjoy your Independence Day weekend. Have some good-